Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. Amen. Thanks. Thanks so much, team. What a blessing. I appreciate you guys. Sure. God is good. When the Holy Spirit is ministering like this, I sometimes feel superfluous to share. <laughs> but it's so cool how it ties in with what God is doing. Thanks. Um, yeah, oh, what a blessing. The, um, even what uh, Anton was saying now, and what Christoph was saying, just in terms of us, I don't know if it gets worse, you know, maybe it gets worse as we get a bit older. We we tend to become more creatures of habit, you know, we tend to get into rhythms and some of them are amazing, some of them not so amazing. And, you know, we get, we, some of them you can call a rut, <laughs> that's a not so good habit type of thing. And I want to really encourage you, if you missed out on Philip's sermon last weekend, to catch up on that. Um, the recording is available and it's should be on YouTube as well. There's a website called Show for Sermons where all the uh, MP3s are also, so there's lots of places on podcasts and everywhere available. And um, in terms of what he was saying about us being undistracted in in our how we approach life and our, in our decision making, you know, you, you mentioned that we we make about thirty-five thousand decisions per day. How's that? Um, in terms of just Going through our basic day, there's so many times we make a decision. And I, and I read up a bit about it as well. And they say that about 40% of those choices and decisions are, are habits um, that are not necessarily something you stop and think about. But it's something that's become a habit and it's something that's become a routine. So you do make a decision, but it's, it's because it's a habit, it's an unconscious one. And... Uh, and now actually, part of what I'm saying this morning ties in a bit with what I was saying. End of last year, I ministered on a, it's called the Holy Habits, and I shared some very practical steps that I found very useful in how to establish new and healthy habits. So I want to really encourage you, you now, beginning of the year is a good time to put those in place. Um, but please go and listen to that. There's some really just practical steps of to make, to help us to to put in those healthy steps and healthy habits. And, you know, you don't have to, you know, sometimes we feel overwhelmed by all the healthy habits that we need. And But just do one at a time, you know, start small and do one at a time. And then, you know, coming to a place where we can say, okay, Lord, yes, I'm actually in a place where I can, where my, where I can receive the new wine. Um, you know, so I just want to echo that invitation to join us and and really allow God to do that renewing in us. Amen? Hallelujah. Father, we thank you so much for your word this morning. And we, what a, what a privilege, Lord, for us to be in your presence right now. And that you're ministering to each one. And that you speak into every heart. And thank you, Lord. Yeah, I just bring my own words and meditations of my heart to you, Lord. May they be pleasing to you, Lord. And ask that you would speak into our hearts this morning. We're not here for any man's opinion, Lord, but we are here to meet with you and to 
and that you would continue to hear your voice as you've been already speaking to us, Lord, that we would continue to hear your voice throughout this time in your word and that your Holy Spirit will lead us into your truth, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Okay, so we've got to braai still and all that stuff, so I'm going to try and be brief. But um, about six months ago, I ministered around a basic acronym that I've also found quite practical in terms of how do we approach daily decisions and daily situations. And, you know, it's, I find that, I don't know about you, I come from a background where um, we did church a lot. Well, it felt like a lot to me. It was every Sunday. Um, but for me, looking back now, there was a big disconnect between the Sunday and the rest of the week. It's as if the Sunday was set aside for the stuff that we need to do at church, but there wasn't. And I suppose a part of the problem was that I didn't see that connection in the people around me either. So the, you know, visiting a friend and then seeing the ummies that that would sit in the elder bench the next morning <laughs> around the braai fire on the Saturday and then seeing them again uh, on the Sunday. And then I was always like, you know, the way things were going on the Saturday and the way things were going on the Sunday is like very far from each other. And I'm not judging anybody, but that was just my experience. And for me, there was a massive shift that had to happen in my heart in terms of realizing that that following Christ means not um, ticking some boxes on a Sunday or trying to appear in some way, but to day by day follow Him. I mean, and and yeah, so that's obviously that shift that happens when we come to salvation. But uh, I find that, but some of those old ways of thinking remain that we we, we separate spiritual spiritual from secular. We separate our weekly routine from our spiritual lives. Um, and I really believe there's an invitation, even as we're fasting and even as we're seeking God and to, to really ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, is there any way where I am still trying to put you in a box that's convenient to me, um, that limits God to a certain part of my life where it's, where it's fine and it's convenient for me? And is there, are there still parts of who I am that, that I'm kind of keeping aside. Are you with me this morning? And um, So I just want to invite you with me to trust the Holy Spirit um, to walk that road with us in the next month or so to say, Lord, um, you know, the, the old saying is that God is either Lord over all or not at all. And to say, Lord, is, is there anything in my heart, in my life that I'm holding on to that I've not really submitted to Christ? Um, so just in that, in that kind of vein, I, I want to share a little bit um, around how do we approach moments and decisions and challenges on a daily basis. And just tying into also what Philip was saying last week. And I, I want to start with... Uh, Apart from um, Second Chronicles chapter twenty, um, 
Actually, let's read John 16 first before I get to that. Let's do that. Yeah, right. John 16, 7 and 13. I tell you the truth. Now, this is Jesus sharing this shocking news to his disciples that he will not be with them for much longer. So this is not a good moment for them. Um, and they're struggling to grasp what is going on about. So he says, I'll tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. So I think they would have struggled with that part. How can that be? How can it be to my advantage that Jesus, the Son of God, the one that raises the dead and heals the sick that's right here next to me, how can it be better for him not to be here? Amen? I, can, I, I would have struggled with that. And it says here, um, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When the spirit of truth, verse 13, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. And that is a kind of the, one of the first times where, where he invites his followers to say, oh, the Holy Spirit is coming, and he is not only there on a Sunday. <laughs> he will guide you in all truth. You know, and, and there's a couple of, there's a bunch of times in Scripture where Jesus makes these statements that are very wide. Um, and you, you always, you know, they always Sometimes we just kind of cast them aside because I feel too wide, but I feel he does it specifically to say, but this truth is not limited to some things. But if you make, if you make it a habit to walk with the Holy Spirit, he will lead you in all truth. Isn't that amazing? In other words, not just the truth that's relevant to your, your Sunday experience, but also the truth that's relevant Monday morning in your office or in your classroom, or in your gym, or wherever you find yourself on a day-to-day, -day, that truth is very much relevant right there, the truth that comes by the Holy Spirit. Um, and I feel that's the invitation again this morning to say, God, you're, I need that guidance of your Spirit with me. And not only when I'm at small group, or at intercession, or when I'm doing spiritual things, but I'm a spiritual being. So that means every moment and every decision and every challenge that I face, I need to walk in the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Are you with me? So let's look at Second Chronicles 20, and I just want to look at a couple of examples from this. Uh, and then I want to just recap some of the king of Judah, and they are facing some opposition. So let's join the scripture here from Second uh, Chronicles 20. From verse 1, after this, the Moabites and the Ammonites and with some of the Munites came against Jehoshaphat for battle. Some men came and told Jehoshaphat, a great multitude is coming against you from Edom, from beyond the sea. And behold, they are at Hazaz and Tamar, uh, that is in Gedi. And then Jehoshaphat was afraid. Okay, let's pause there. Okay, so... There's a great multitude. So often when we come to a place of a challenge or a, 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 you know, something that comes against us or a difficult situation, don't we, we, we think, oh, I have to be very spiritual about this. I can't be fearful. But the reality is we see great men of God in Scripture 
and they also experienced fear. They also experienced the reality of emotion, okay? So I don't believe God is intimidated by when we experience emotions like this. But it's what we do with that thing that is important, amen? So what do we do with that, that moment you realize, oh my goodness, there's this great multitude, they want to wipe us off the face of the earth. This is not, this is not, a, this is not, a, this is not an easy situation. I'm, I'm completely overwhelmed, right? So what do I do with that feeling of being overwhelmed? And I, I'm so encouraged by the way Jehoshaphat approaches this thing. Um, he, he re- okay, he's afraid, right? So he, he realizes this is not good. But let's see what he does from then on. He was afraid. And what is his response to fear? He doesn't panic and run away or get depressed. This is some, all of the stuff we often do when we get afraid. doesn't finish a whole five-liter ice cream by himself, binging something. <laughs> Don't we do that? We escape. We want to escape out of that that tight situation, and if I can just find some escape in somewhere, if I can just feel better for a bit, um, you know, and he, what does he do? He is afraid, yes, but he's, and he set his face to seek the Lord. But he doesn't stop there, okay? So he's the king, so he's got some benefits around here, but he says, and he proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. Okay, now because the king is afraid, everybody has to fast. Okay, okay, but fair enough. They, they were going to wipe the whole nation, so sh- fair enough. They, they were every, everybody was affected. Okay, he calls a fast, proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah, and Judah assembled to seek help from the Lord. From all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. So they they have this panic, this fear that wants to overwhelm them. But they, what do they do? They turn, instead of running and panic, they turn to God. And I believe that's the invitation this morning, in, to come closer when there, is, when there is difficulty and challenges. All right, so then he's, he, they turn, they seek the Lord, they fast together, they pray together. Um, and, and immediately, instead of submitting to the fear, instead of allowing that those fearful thoughts to take hold and to become a problem and to become an argument. You know, that, that whole progression, the thought, the argument, the stronghold, the high thing that happens in your mind um, and that establishes thought patterns, that establishes behavioral patterns. Before it runs down that path, we seek God. Amen? And we respond in the spirit and not in the flesh. And then I just want to remind us what that little... Um, thing that we looked at six months ago, uh, A-P-T-A-T. Let's go to that one quickly. Just, just as you face that, that moment, um, we said that first you admit, we're going to l- run through it again. You admit that you need God. We, I'll, I'll go through the detail just now again. Uh, you can't do it without Him. You pray, you trust, and then you act, and then you thank God. So that's, you're going to look through the details. But I just want to kind of connect it with this moment in Scripture because we can see how, how kind of I'm sure Joseph didn't have this acronym handy, but um, we can see kind of he, he kind of uh, goes through some of these, um, and he adds a bit as well. So let's go on uh, with Second uh, Chronicles 20. Okay, so they see God, and then he goes into this whole thing. He reminds God of who he, he, he kind of he prays to God, but he's basically reminding themselves who God is. And they go on about who God has been for their forefathers and for Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and what God has done in the past. And, and that, all of that 
you know, it doesn't actually change. I mean, God is, God is aware, <laughs> but most of that is for our benefit, right? It's for their benefit, it's to build their faith. Say, but this is the one who we're calling upon, is the one who has been so faithful in the past, who has been faithful for Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob through all generations. And then, and then the, you know, they're praising God, they're lifting him up, they're ex- exalting him, and they, they're declaring how good God is. And then they go on in verse 12, and then he says, Oh God, will you not execute judgment on them, on these guys coming at us? For we are powerless against this great horde that is coming against us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. I think that's a good prayer. Lord, I, I do not know what to do. Let's just be honest here, Lord. I don't have a clue. I'm not going to say this at the board meeting. I'm not going to say this. My client asked me, but yeah, in my prayer room with God, I'm Lord, I'm just you know, honest. I don't have a clue. But my eyes are on you. Um, and that place, just as we prayed before, um, that place of humility, I believe, you know, when you look at the scriptures, it says God resists the proud. Some translations say he goes to war against the proud. Just to let that sink a bit <laughs> in a bit, but he gives grace to the humble. And the picture I have in my mind when I think about that is, is this huge door that, that, that closes, that holds back the grace of God when, I, when I'm prideful. This massive door that closes. But when I'm humbling myself, that door just swings wide open. And in my mind's eye, I I always see this river, this flood of grace flooding into my situation when when I humble myself. Amen. And I believe that's maybe for somebody this morning that you've, you've, there's been something that you've been wrestling with, but you haven't noticed that you've gone from faith to pride, and you've gone from relying on God to relying on self, and you've gone from putting your eyes on Him to putting your eyes on a bunch of other things on Google to try and figure out what you should do. Are you with me? And I really believe there's, there's some of us this morning that need to choose to say, God, I, I humble myself. So what does that mean? Humbling yourself means coming to God in honesty and purity and with all the ugliness of what's involved and open. And often humbling ourselves means coming before a brother or a sister in Christ as well and bringing stuff into the line. Say, so you know what, I've been, I've been wrestling with this thing on my own, but I realize I must humble myself and bring it into the light to somebody I can trust, somebody I can pray with, somebody that I know will hear from God that can pray with me. Amen? Um, and I found that is such a powerful place where I have a brother or sister in Christ close to me where I can bring this thing to you and say, um, I want to humble myself before God. So I want to speak to you also about this and I'll ask you to pray for me and trust with me. Amen. So that's part of humbling ourselves is bringing something to the light or involving others or inviting others' prayer into that situation. Um, and to say, Lord, we do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. That's the key. In that, in that moment, I can confess, God, I don't, I don't know what to do now, but my trust is in you. So that acronym, it speaks about uh, it's admitting, Lord, I, I don't know what to do. I, I can't do this without your strength. But then to, and then prayer, what, is what they're doing now, they're praying. Um, and uh, they're acknowledging their dependence and they're putting their trust in him, 
Okay. Meanwhile, all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones. So let's hear what, what is God's response. All Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives and their children. How's that? They brought the kids to intercession. That's a good tip. Where the families were over there. Hallelujah. Uh, and their children. The Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of etc., etc. Verse 15, and he said, listen. And he goes on um, later in the verse. Thus says the Lord to you, do not battle afraid. Do not be dismayed at this great horde, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Just one or two things quickly. The answer from the Holy Spirit does not come to the king, all right? So his heart was open to receive the Lord's word through different channels, okay? So sometimes the Lord will not speak directly in an audible voice to you. Sometimes you're going to have to be humble enough to, to listen to those that God has put around you, or maybe... Somebody on a Sunday will say something. Maybe somebody will share a word, and you'll think, yes, that's, that's God speaking to me right now. Amen? But let's keep our hearts open to those that God has put around us, in those that hear from God, and that, yo, that can... Sometimes God speaks through a donkey as well, all right? <laughs> so it can be different ways, but be, let's keep our ears open. So he's open to hear what God is saying through different ways, and then... And firstly, God brings peace and comfort. He says, do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. Um, and then he gives very specific instructions. I like this. Sometimes we think God is very vague and stuff is weird and it's all airy fairy up in the air. It's not like this. Look at this. He says, uh, do not be afraid or dismayed. Da -da -da -da. Battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, go down against them. Behold, they will come up. He tells them, this is the way they will come. This is going to be their route. That's very helpful. They're going to come by the ascent of Ziz. You will find them at the end of the valley. This is where they'll be. How cool is that? This is the, this is the troop movements that's going to happen. That's amazing. Uh, you will find them at the end of the valley, east of the wilderness of Jeruel. You will not need to fight in this battle. That might have been difficult for the practically minded warrior guys. Stand firm, hold your position, and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, and the Lord will be with you. Um, so I, I believe God wants to, in some situations, God will give you very clear instructions, very clear wisdom, very clear direction. And if that is something that you're trusting God for, then, then spend the time, spend time waiting because he, he does i've had more than one time a couple of times in my life where god has given me literally step by step instructions directions very practical ways even you know before the days of gps literal directions <laughs> go left go right etc so god is in the details i mean and then also Right. We, how, how is it possible that we can just stand and hope for the best? We have warriors. We are trained. We've got some skills. We are maybe few, and you know the, the odds are against us. But so often, what God is saying seems that doesn't add up in terms of what the world says. I mean, 
And that is obviously where the trust bit comes in. You say, okay, Lord, we trust. But what I really appreciate is what, what happens next uh, after, after God gives the, the answer, the direction. Let's look at how uh, Joseph responds. Verse 18, Then Joseph had bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord, worshipping the Lord. And the Levites of the Kohathites and the Korites, they stood up, stood up to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. And they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness. Let's just pause there. Okay, I don't know, I have a lot of respect for these guys because their faith is at a good space. So God gives them this, this instruction that is hectically scary because it says you, you can't fight, you just have to stand. In other words, you can't do anything that's going to make a difference in this battle. And the way they respond is so blesses me because they respond in faith. They worship and they honor and they praise God. In other words, they say, yes, God, we, this is it. We're in for this plan. Amen? How hectic is that? So, uh, and I want to encourage us, when God comes with that answer that doesn't make sense, you know, may we respond in a similar way in thanksgiving and praise. So I want to actually add something into this acronym that I've, uh, that even before we act, we already give thanks. Amen? Before we act, we can already praise God and give thanks because He is faithful. Okay, and then, um, there is early in the morning, went out of, into the wilderness of Tekoa, and when they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, Judah, and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, believe in the Lord your God. So he's encouraging those that are maybe struggling. And you will be established. Believe in his prophets and you will succeed. So there's an encouragement to, to, to choose to put your faith in what he is doing, what God is doing, even when it doesn't make sense. And when he had taken counsel with the people, again, he's, op he's hearing, getting input from those around him, those God has put around him. He appointed those who were to sing to the Lord and praise him in holy attire, as they went before the army, as they went, he put them before the army and say, give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love endures forever. And this is, again, this kind of illustrates how he, he's responding in faith. So because he's reckoning, okay, the, the, the warriors are not going to fight, so we can just as well put the worship band in the front. Okay. He doesn't say, let's just keep it back up here. Let's put all the biggest guys in front just in case things go south. Then at least we have the, the SEAL, the special forces guys right in the front just in case. No. And don't we often think like that? In case God doesn't come through or in case this thing doesn't happen, I'm just going to increase my credit on my credit card just in case. I don't know, maybe that's just me. Or, you know, or we think of what is, if we, in, maybe if, if God doesn't come through, I'll just have a backup. No, this is, and this is, I love it so much. He's, he, he responds in faith and says, let's put the worship guys in front, the guys with the instruments. They didn't even have weapons. They've got instruments in theirs. There's nothing they can do when it comes to battle. How powerful is that? So he's, their response is, God will do what he said he will do. Amen? There's no backup. The warriors are at the back. The band is in the front. How, how do we put our hearts in that same space? We say, Lord, this is what you said, and I will respond 
I don't have a backup. I'm, I'm responding in faith to what you've said. Amen. And it says, And when they begin, began to sing and praise, the Lord set an ambush against the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, so that they were rooted. And then it gives some detail on how none of them was left over because of what God did. And they literally did not have to fight even one small part. Um, I know our time's up now, but I just want to um, run through this acronym again uh, to just, and you can maybe just jot down the scripture references, um, but that we can come to the space where, obviously, there's the fact that they probably took a day or two to fast and they prayed, and it is quite a long process, but day to day, you're living in dependence to the Holy Spirit can mean within a few seconds, before, on my way to a meeting or on my way to a board meeting, in the car to say, God, I cannot do this without you. You know, admitting my dependence upon God. Um, you know, that John 15, 5 says, Therefore, apart from me, you can do nothing. You know, so even on the way there, it can be a short moment saying, God, Without you with me right now, I'm useless, right? I need you with me, okay? Admitting that, praying into that, um, calling on him in our day of trouble in Psalm 50. Um, in, our, in our calling on him, we're humbling ourselves and we're choosing to put our trust in him, right? We're putting our trust in God. And, and it's so powerful to proclaim that trust, to verbalize it, to say, God, uh, this is in verse 20 that we read now, believe in the Lord your God, believe uh, and you will be established. Believe his prophets and you will succeed. And then making it verbal, saying, Lord, I trust you. Um, sorry, I'm going quite quickly now through all of these. But then as you put out, you go to the next one um, for the trust. And then if you, you can actually go and listen to that message again. But sometimes we need to put our trust in God for a specific thing. Sometimes we need to be very specific. This was very specific. And God gave very specific answers, all right? So if you're trusting God for a specific situation, then trust Him to give you a scripture or a verse or, a wis or some word of wisdom for that specific thing. Because He is so faithful to, to speak so clearly. Amen? So there's a couple of examples here that I'm not going to go through now, but welcome to refer back to them. Um, so we put our trust in him. And then uh, Joseph had put the extra step in here and he said, before even acting, they were already giving thanks. They were already saying, Lord, we know you're, you're faithful. So we're praising and thanking God. And then they act in obedience. They act in, in faith. They put the band in the front. They have no backup plan. I mean, then we act in faith. And we act in a way that, that shows and illustrates that we are trusting in him. We act in a way that honors ourselves. Amen. Philippians 2.12, talking about us working out our own salvation. Okay. And then finally, coming with thanksgiving before him. Because, you know, I don't know, maybe it's a, a short mem short-term memory thing that we pray and we fast and we seek God and then he comes through, miracles happen, and then we just live on as if nothing happens. And I believe this is such a powerful habit to to stand still, to draw a line in the sand, to come up on a Sunday morning or in your small group to 
say, this is what God has done in my life. We sought Him together. We prayed for my father or for whoever, and God is doing something right now. We prayed for somebody, and God healed them. To, to, to make a scene, say, this is not me, but look at what God has done. Amen? To come into the place of the habit. Of, and even driving back from that meeting to WhatsApp your small group, say, thanks for praying, guys. God is good. This is what happened. He's faithful. Amen? To give thanks and to honor God, to testify of what He has done. Amen. All right. So that's been a bit of a rush, but let's stand this morning. Let's bring our hearts before God. Yeah, so I just um, I'm praying beforehand. I was yeah. I just felt there's this there's an invitation for us to 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 walk this road with God. To say, Lord, I. There are parts of my life that where I need to be renewed, where I need your grace, where you know, the, I need to become a new wineskin. I need renewal. I need change. There's stuff that has to shift in my life. And guys, I reckon until we see Jesus, that will probably still continue. Amen. So maybe we should make peace with that and, and continually see God and say, Lord, I, I want to be more like Christ. Um, but maybe before the Holy Spirit has put something specific on your heart in terms of renewal. So make that part of your prayer for February. And then I also add in my heart here is that, um, you know, when God has given a conviction, and in this case He gave very specific instructions. Oh, guys, I'm so convicted that often either we have a backup plan or... Or our heart is in a space where we say, your, um, your God, I hear what you're saying. And as soon as possible, I will, I will be obedient. Maybe if it's about blessing somebody with something or tithing or giving or something, you know, uh, giving of my time or, you know, I think, oh, it's not possible right now, you know, if I look at my schedule. But as soon as it is, becomes possible, I'm going to be obedient. Ish. So what we're actually saying to God is, Lord, I will, I will definitely be obedient as soon as it's convenient for me. And I just feel, um, I mentioned to the guys before, I feel I should sometime trust God to, for a moment to minister on the fear of the Lord. Because I feel there's, there's, there's something that, because of the way the world works around us, that is so centered upon me and my comfort, that sometimes that creeps into the way we serve God. And then we, we, and our response to God, and I'm including myself, is, is not that of Joseph who immediately acts and immediately puts the ban in front and immediately goes into Thanksgiving. Our response is more like, okay, Lord, I'm just going to think a bit about this and make another plan or something. Or as soon as it becomes comfortable or more possible, then, then we'll, we'll figure this out and we'll try and be obedient. Um, so I feel there's an invitation for us just to humble ourselves before God. So Lord, my obedience has been, uh, I've, I've not been 
implicitly obedient. I've been putting all kinds of, uh, you know, strings and if this, yes, then I can be, or if I get that bonus, then I will be able to start tithing, or if my situation improves. So I just want to extend that invitation and say, Lord, help me to be bold in my obedience before it becomes comfortable. I, re I read a bit about this uh, inventor. Yo, what's his name now? Let me quickly get it. Uh, he's got the difficult name. Um, I think it must be French. Letourneau. Letourneau. Whatever that means. I'll have to write it out for you. <laughs> but he is the inventor of massive earth-moving machinery in, in living in America, end of the 1800s um, to middle of 1900s. And yeah, God convicted him that God needed to be his business partner, and then it be, they got it came to a place where it had very practical implications. And he went from tithing 10% to tithing 90% because of just God convicting him and he reckons, oh, it's actually more about how much of God's money am I keeping to myself and how much am I <laughs> giving back to God. So it's such, a, it's such a challenging testimony for me because you could see that he was, he was being challenged and being obedient implicitly. And then he made a, he made a a pledge to support some missions out of you know out of his company, and then then it wasn't possible because of all the debt he was in, and then he didn't do according to his pledge, and then it went so much worse. Anyway, the long story, and then he realized, wow, he made a promise and he didn't keep it, and he said to the the debtors, listen, I'm going to pay you, but I have to be honor my pledge to God as well, and they were all upset, and he didn't care, and <laughs> but so powerful where he got very practical in his obedience to the detriment of his company, to the detriment of the finance, to the detriment of his debtors. But in the end, God honored his obedience because he honored God first. And then the second invitation I felt was to ask yourself, where, are, where am I at? Am I in a space where I'm led by the Spirit? Am I in a space where I'm I am able to respond to what the Holy Spirit is whispering. Or am I running and rushing and frantic and and I need to a moment to slow down and say, Lord, I actually don't have a clue. I want to fix my eyes back on you. Okay, let's close our eyes. Hallelujah, Lord, we're so thankful for your for your word this morning. Yeah, God, thank you that you know each one of us, Lord. You know our hearts. You know where we are at, Lord. You know our challenges. You know the mountains before us. You know what overwhelms us. You know the armies that we face and the overwhelming odds and the things that make us fearful. And I ask you, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we just bring our hearts before you right now. And just, yo, just echo this in your heart if you can agree. Lord, we humble ourselves before you now. Yo, and we acknowledge, Lord, that we need you. Yo, truly, Lord, with, without you we can do nothing. We acknowledge and we want to echo with Josephat saying, Lord, we, we don't know what to do. Often we, our reflex is to respond in the flesh. 
and in our own experience or in our own wisdom. And stuff just goes pear-shaped, God. But today, we come again and we humble ourselves and we say, Lord, pour out your grace so that we might be directed by the Spirit. Your Word says this, those who are led by the Spirit of God, those are sons of God. And this morning, Lord, that is our desire to be led by your Spirit, to be children of God, Lord. Not only when it's going well, not only when it's convenient, Lord, but as, as a lifestyle, Lord. Oh, Holy Spirit, I pray right now that you'd, as we humble, as I hum, also humble before you, that you would open that door for grace to flood in. And along with that, I pray that you would flood hearts with hope, Lord, where there was hopelessness. In the name of Jesus, flood hearts with joy again, Lord, in the knowledge that you are faithful. Flood hearts right now with a, a grace, Lord, to lift up our eyes to you. The heads that are, and I just sense of some of us have been hanging our heads and, and with weights weighing us down, Lord. And right now, I pray that you lift those weights up, Lord. That you would renew hope in our hearts in the name of Jesus. That you renew in us a desire, Lord, to seek your face and to wait till you give that clear instruction, Lord. Thank you, God, that you are faithful to respond in Jesus' name. As eyes are closed this morning and, and you're in this place and you, you, you're struggling, even wrestling maybe with the concept of hearing God's voice or the concept of moving in obedience because how, how does God speak? Or maybe you realize right now that you, you, you do not yet have a relationship with God where you can hear His voice. And I, as every eyes close, I have an invitation. I believe that God is extending to you this morning the invitation to come to Him. He has made a way for you and I to come to Him, even though we are sinful, that He has made a way through the blood of Jesus that has paid for every sin every shame and every guilt that we carry to deal with that so that we can have that relationship with Him so that we can have eternal life Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Christian Church we believe that you enjoyed your time with us, establishing God's kingdom and His glory in your life. For more info, call us on 012-362-1363. Email us, pretoria at shofaronline.org. Browse our website, www.shofaronline.org. Or like us on facebook.com forward slash shofarpretoria.